Welcome to the second episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast. I am, as usual, your host, Brian Brennan, in the place to be. Happy Tuesday, folks. Just hanging out here in beautiful Silver Spring, Maryland, enjoying my morning. Um, thinking about tonight's big AL wildcard game, of course, between my beloved Yankees and uh, a team I feel less beloved about, the Boston Red Sox. Uh, hoping that goes well tonight, and I figured it would be a good time to talk about a little bit about Ted Lasso. Um, I've been off the last two weeks. Uh, I haven't done any podcasting the last two weeks. Uh, I've been a little busy. I've been a little preoccupied. I just got back from uh, my friend Pat Stein. I got back from his wedding uh, just yesterday, his wedding to Becca. Uh, I had an amazing time. I'm going to recap all that on my other podcast upon further review with Brian Brendan this week. Uh, plenty of good stories to go around there. So if you're interested in my thoughts on that, go check that out when that comes out. But, uh, Today we're going to talk a little bit about Ted Lasso uh, and the last two episodes. Uh, no Weddings and a Funeral and um, this most recent episode, Last Train to Royston. Uh, both of which I thought were great episodes. Uh, I thought they were both you know, really, really powerful at times episodes. Uh, especially um, the No Weddings and a Funeral I thought was very powerful, very moving, very emotional at times. And I, I, I have thoughts on both of them and where the show is going from here. So uh, I figured now would be a good time to uh, get all my thoughts out there on the record. We are down to one final episode of Ted Lasso for this season. Well, just one final episode to go. Um, and um, I'm really excited for this last episode. It comes out on Friday at midnight. Uh, there's still a lot to be decided. We're going to talk about all that in our episode recaps, everything that's happened in the last two weeks, uh, leading into this season finale of the greatest television show of our lifetime, Ted Lasso, but, um, well, first, um, I have to, uh, I want to talk about something that, um, happened to me on Twitter yesterday, you know, occasionally, you know, I use Twitter a lot, you, you got, I mean, if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I, I pretty much almost only tweet about the Yankees and other New York sports teams, that's pretty much all I use Twitter for, but lately, I've been trying to develop my Ted Lasso following on Twitter a little bit, I put it in my Twitter bio that I'm a Hashtag Ted Lasso fanatic, trying to get people to follow other fans of uh, TL to follow me. And um, so I also started following pretty much the entire cast on Twitter, of course. Um, you know, Sudeikis, uh, Hannah Waddingham, Brett Goldstein, all the guys. Um, and for some of them, I mean, look, I only do this for like the most important accounts I follow on Twitter. So, like, the Yankees, the President of the United States, <laughs> um, the, the, you know, the really important stuff, guys, the really important Twitter accounts. Uh, and sometimes for people on Twitter, people like that, the important people, I, I get my tweets sent directly to my phone and push notifications. Well, I decided to get Brett Goldstein's tweets sent directly to my phone. That, that's Emmy winner Brett Goldstein to you guys. Mr. Roy Kent, he's here, he's there, he's every fucking where. Roy Kent. Uh... And yesterday, I was just I was sitting in the car. I was coming back from North Carolina with uh, the unofficial associate producer of my other podcast, Pat Honan, and um, I saw a tweet from uh, Brett Goldstein saying, "Happy birthday to one." Actually, hang on, I'm going to read you the exact tweet that Brett Goldstein said uh, about Nick Muhammad. Nick Muhammad, for those of you guys who don't know, he plays Nate uh, on the show, and Brett Goldstein tweeted, "Whistle," <laughs> I like that, "Whistle." <laughs> It's at Nick Muhammad's day. Happy birthday to one of the funniest, kindest, and most brilliant actors I know. And he posted a 
cute little picture of Nick Muhammad um, smiling, you know, the Nate we all love and remember, of course, uh, or the Nate that we wish was still with us. Uh, more on that in a little minute. But um, I saw that tweet, and I just responded with the first thing I could think of, and that was, happy birthday, Nick. Sorry we all hate your character now. And uh, that tweet blew up. Uh, I am th- that tweet is three likes away from a thousand likes for I don't think I've ever had a thousand likes on any tweet before, and so the Ted Lasso I, I showed it to another friend of mine, uh, Phil, who's a big Ted Lasso fan, and he was like, "Wow, the Ted Lasso Hive really came together for that one." So uh, yeah, we're all a little down on Nate right now. Uh, it's nothing against Nick Muhammad. He's a great actor. He does a great job. He does a great job playing Nate. It's not his fault. His character's a dickhead. It's not Nate. It's not Nick Muhammad's fault. Uh, we shouldn't take it out on Nick Muhammad. Happy birthday! So I would like to say, happy birthday to Nick Muhammad. Uh, I, I look Brett Goldstein, Roy Roy Kent. He knew what he was doing by putting out that tweet, in my opinion, and letting you know. And you know, it's a poorly. You know, considering how we're all feeling about Nate right now. Um, but I, I still would like to wish the actor who plays Nate, Nick Muhammad, a very happy birthday. Uh, it was yesterday. And, um, you know, I, I am excited to see where your character goes from here. So, with that being said, uh, that's my brief little intro for today's episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast. We are going to do a recap of the last two episodes. Uh, no weddings and a funeral, and last train to Royston. Uh, and then after that, I'm going to talk about where I think what I think is going to happen in the season finale. Uh, and then I have another top five for you guys today. Top five music moments in Ted Lasso. Um, I honestly had this list done before I I saw the last two episodes, but there's been a change to this list because of the last two episodes. I, I think. Anybody who watched uh, No Weddings and a Funeral will know which change I'm making. But it's just basically um, any you know moment where music, I think, is used really well on the show. I mean, I, I've always believed that Ted Lasso, I mean, it's owned by, it's a show created by Apple, and Apple has the rights to literally every song under the sun, but, which definitely gives them an advantage that other shows don't have, but... I figured, um, you know, this, they, I really do think this show uses music uh, better than just about any show I've ever seen. So um, I'm going to count down my top five music moments in the history of Ted Lasso, in the two-season uh, history, almost, um, how many episodes now are we up to? Uh, 21 episodes of Ted Lasso. I will give you my top five music moments, and then we are going to get on out of here. So again, I apologize for the lack of my podcasting over the last couple of weeks. I have been very preoccupied, but uh, I am back to it this week with second episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast right now, and another episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan coming up later this week. Um, I'm not 100% sure what day I'm going to release it. I am thinking maybe recording tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, after the wild card game so we can get a postseason preview in and releasing Thursday for that. But um, I will be definitely doing an episode of Upon Further Review with Brian Brennan this week. Uh, So stay tuned for all that. Enjoy the rest of this episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast. And as I say at the end, at the beginning of every podcast episode, here we go. 
So obviously, spoiler warning is in effect for the rest of this episode. Uh, if you have not seen episodes 10 and 11 of season 2 of Ted Lasso, first off, get on that. It, they, they were both fantastic. Uh, I, I mean, not, not to give tip my hand too much, but I thought both of these episodes were phenomenal. Um, but again, spoiler warning is in effect for pretty much the rest of this episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast as we recap these last two crazy episodes. So when we last left, the last real episode before No Weddings and the Funeral was Man City. Uh, I know we had the Coach Beard episode, which, by the way, still pretty controversial in Ted Lasso circles, the Coach Beard episode. Um, I was even at the wedding I was at this weekend. I talked to a friend of mine, Mike Goins, who I actually did not know before this weekend, watched Ted Lasso. And he was like, what the fuck was that Coach Beard episode? That was the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, look, man, it was filler. They had to fill the season somehow. And so that, that's, that's what they did. It was still good filler. It wasn't amazing filler or anything, but it was definitely still filler. I digress. I digress. I digress. Um, the last real episode before No Weddings and a Funeral ends with Rebecca and Sam getting together and beginning um, their relationship, I guess. Um, the episode, uh, This episode, No Weddings and a Funeral, begins with Rebecca and Sam in bed together, uh, and Sam's trying to convince Rebecca, we need to tell people about us, you know, it would be a lot more freeing if we told people about us, and then all of a sudden, Rebecca's mom, who, if you'll remember correctly, I actually said on the first episode of this podcast that I was not a huge fan of when they introduced her uh, uh, earlier this season uh, in The Signal, um, I mean, I just, I just didn't really feel like her character added a whole lot, especially to that episode, which I thought was a really good episode. Uh, I didn't really feel like her character added a whole lot, personally. But, however, I think in this episode, Rebecca's mom makes um, just a really... I thought this was a much better um, appearance from her. She appears in Rebecca's house and tells her, her her father died. And so, basically, the whole episode centers around the funeral for Rebecca's father. Um, Ted is getting ready for the funeral. Uh, or actually, hang on, I gotta, I gotta, let me start with Roy and Keeley. I know I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but, you know, Roy and Keeley, everybody's getting ready for the funeral. Roy and Keeley, Roy's kind of being a dick, let's be honest. Uh, I thought Roy, uh, at the start of this episode, was being a dick, although I will say the, um, when he told Keeley uh, to go out, when, when Keeley says, well, what happened, what would, what would you want me to do if, I, if you got hit by a bus tomorrow? And Roy says, go after the bus driver. Avenge me, Keely. Avenge me. I love that line. But I will admittedly say I was on Keely's side. I thought Roy was being a bit of a, a, a dick, honestly. A wanker, if you will, in the Ted Lasso universe um, for, for the funeral. And that kind of carries over as, as they're all getting ready for the funeral. Roy just does not appear to be taking it seriously at all. And... Um, you can tell it's really pissing Keely off. Uh, Ted, on the other hand, he's getting ready for the funeral. Um, which, by the way, great callback. Amazing, amazing, amazing callback while Ted is getting ready for the funeral. Um, they play um, Easy Lover 
by uh, Phil, Phil Bailey and Phil Collins, uh, which is a great song, uh, by the way. I actually played it while I was getting ready for the wedding this weekend, uh, in tribute to Ted Lasso, of course. And, um, I, um, and um, as he's getting ready for the wedding, Ted has another panic attack. And, uh, of course, instantly calls Dr. Sharon. Dr. Sharon comes over. More on that in a minute. I, I will come back to Ted and what happens with Dr. Sharon. Um, Rebecca is um, reunited, of course, with Sassy and Nora. I'm glad that Sassy made a reappearance in this episode because I absolutely love Sassy Smurf. I think Sassy Smurf is one of the best, most underrated characters this TV show has. She's funny. She's really pretty, honestly. I, I, I don't normally judge people for their looks based off of like that, but... I really, I'm kind of into Sassy, honestly. I think she's really attractive. But, um, yeah, um, she, Nor- Sassy and Nora come to the funeral. And then, of course, Rupert comes to the funeral. And you can just instantly tell that nobody really wants Rupert there. He, not only is Rupert there, Bex is there, his, his new wife, new Rebecca. If you'll remember from first season, the first season he was dating the new Rebecca or Bex. And uh, our favorite Rebecca, the owner of Richmond, was labeled Old Rebecca. And um, so they're all at the funeral, and um, the, the, you know, they have their newborn baby. Uh, again, a callback to um, season one when Rebecca called him out for not wanting to have any children, and all of a sudden he's having a baby with Bex. Uh, Rupert, what I love, one of my favorite scenes from this episode. Was I, I know this is kind of like a basic recap of this episode, but one of my favorite scenes from this episode was when Sassy straight up says to Rupert, I think about your death all the time. How I'm going to go to your funeral, I'm going to wear red, and I'm going to be laughing the whole time. I, I love that because, you know, I hate Rupert too. Any true Ted Lasso fan hates Rupert. And I think even, after, more, even more so after this episode, we have reasons to question Rupert and his motives. So, um, you know, the funeral is about to start, but, um, Rebecca and Sassy and, um, Keely, um, Keely obviously needs to get away from Roy because Roy, like I said, is is acting like a a jerk. Roy's, Roy's been being a real dick and, um, they all get away and Sassy and, and Keely try really hard to find out who Rebecca is sleeping with because they can tell they're, they, you know, Keely makes a really good point. She's like, even though it's a funeral, you're, you're smiling like somebody who's, who's been properly plowed, is what she says. And so they know. They know. And, I, and obviously, Rebecca's mom knows it's already Sam because she walked in on them uh, at the beginning of the episode. So in one of my favorite scenes, they're like, all right, let's play 20 questions. And so, so Sassy's like, is he tall? And Rebecca's like, yes. And so then, all out of nowhere, out of nowhere, Keely says, "Is it Sam?" And Rebecca screams, "How the fuck did you know that?" And they all go crazy. And I just love that scene because, and I think it brings up a, a really good theme of this episode for me: the friendship that these women have. I just think is strong. All as Keely and Sassy were there for Rebecca in her time of need, and the fact that you know they still wanted to find out who she was shagging, I thought was just really funny. And 
Look, I, I, you can tell Nora has an amazing relationship with Rebecca. I know she was out of her life for a really long time. They talk about it in season one um, in Make Rebecca Great Again, uh, how Nora and Rebecca were really not together for a really long time, even though she's, she's her godmother. But I was really concerned about how um, Nora was going to react when Rebecca said it was Sam, when they found out it was Sam. I was like, she is not, like, because if you'll remember, Nora is obsessed with Sam Obisanya. She thinks Sam Obisanya is, like, her hero. Like, she thinks he's the coolest. And so I was like, Nora is going to be heartbroken. Nora is not going to react well to this news. And they handled this scene perfectly. Rebecca looks straight at Nora and says, I'm so sorry. And Nora responds by saying, Boss ass bitch. Ah, chills. 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 I love it, guys. That was just a wonderful, wonderful moment. I really thought that she was not going to like it. I thought she was going to be like, shocked. She loved it. And she handled it extremely maturely. I, 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 the act, I don't know what the name of the actress who plays Nora is. I should probably look this up. But um, she does a really good job. Um, I mean, she's just absolutely outstanding. Um, she is a, she just, for, so, for someone so young, I really think Nora is very mature for her age. And I think the, the actress... Who plays her does a great job. Uh, let me look her up really quickly. Nora Ted Lasso actress. I just think she does a really good job. Kiki May, that's her name. Bravo, Kiki May. You you may be young, but you have a bright future in this. But anyway, back to the episode. Um, Ted is having his panic attack with Doctor Sharon, uh, and he recalls the night uh, that his father killed himself. Now this creates a really powerful scene, really honestly, in my opinion, for a show that is based off of powerful scenes, based off of amazing scenes, I think what happens next in this show is one of the most powerful and amazing scenes this show has ever had, without a doubt. Uh, when So Rebecca admits to her mother that she walked in on her father cheating on her one time, and that's why she always hated her father. She tells the story about how when she saw it and how it all happened, simultaneously matching up with Ted talking to Dr. Fieldstone about when he found his father dead after he killed himself. In an amazing scene that I personally think, I know they just won Emmys two weeks ago it was, whenever it was. I think they're going to win Emmys again for that scene. The editing was amazing, the, the, um, the directing, the acting, oh my god, Hannah and Jason, you absolutely crushed it, you legends, you beauties. What an amazing scene that was. Um, tears, t- tears, uh, literal tears at that scene. Um, I absolutely loved it. And, you know, um, Hannah, um, I'm sorry, I, oh, that scene is... Hard not to talk about that scene without getting choked up, guys. It really is. That scene is absolutely incredible. Um, and 
they talk they talk about and again the the relationships with your parents is, is shines through here and rebecca said rebecca's mom says i know i knew about the cheating and rebecca is like well i hate him as much as you now how could you let him get away with it and he, rebecca's mom talks about how she just unconditionally loved her husband pretty much and how um it just she just could never leave him. She just never wouldn't have felt right if she had left him. Almost in the same way that you know Ted Lasso's father left him when he was 16 years old. Um, and look, look, I really Ted and Doctor Fieldstone. I mean, I just love their relationship. We'll talk about it a little bit more in the next episode. But Doctor Fieldstone always being there for Ted. She helps him calm down and get it together. And I, it's, it's what a powerful scene that is. You, you can tell the relationships with their parents is strong, like comes through very well during that scene. And throughout the rest of the episode, Ted, Rebecca and her mom really don't have any issues. They, they talk it out, which I think is really important, um, you know, to talk something like this out, like something as big as, you know, watching your father cheat on you. Um, cheat on your mother is 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 yeah, I really really powerful stuff. Uh, and then the actual funeral starts, and um, Rebecca did not want to give a eulogy. Uh, she said, like, because he cheated on you, I don't have anything to say. Like, why would I have anything to say about this this asshole who who cheated on you? And so she still gets up there and she gives us she is trying to give a eulogy. She says, I don't know what to say. And then Ted walks in. Um, Ted walks in at the right time. Again, the theme of Ted always being there for Rebecca, always being by her side at her toughest, toughest moments, shines through at the brightest possible time in this episode. And um, so, call back to the beginning of the episode. Rebecca's mom, Rebecca's staying at his mom, at her mom's house, and she's blasting Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley, and Rebecca's like, turn off this song, you know, we're all sick of this song, you know, we all got Rickrolled so many, we've all been Rickrolled so many times, we're all sick of this song, basically, so I I thought back to that, I, I thought that might actually come back, and when I was watching this episode for the first time, uh, like I do at midnight when it drops every week. Um, I thought that might come back and play a role. And um, Te- Rebecca gets up there at her eulogy. And she has no idea what to say. She is speechless. And she says, she just casually says, we're no strangers to love. You know the rules. And so do I. A full commitment's what I'm thinking of. You wouldn't get this from any other guy. I just want to tell you how I'm feeling. Trying to make you understand. Never going to give you up. Never going to let you down. Never going to run around and desert you. Never going to make you cry. Never going to say. And then it's at this part. She doesn't sing it like that, but that's that's what we all know. We all know the song. We all know the song. That's That's what happens next in the song. And um, she, that's when she starts to, like, 
pause and like really get emotional because she doesn't know what to do. And then, um, and then Ted, being the, the friend that he is to Rebecca, the, the great man that Ted Lasso is, says, never going to say goodbye. And the rest of the church, Keeley's next, and then everybody joins in, starts singing the rest of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. And, wow. Did Ted Lasso just Rickroll us? Did we just get Rickrolled by Ted Lasso? Not only that, did we just get Rickrolled by Ted Lasso three times? Really? Wow. I mean, look. I agree with Rebecca when she says, we're all sick of this song. We've heard this song a thousand freaking times. Like, we all, we all remember the peak of the Rickroll back in 2008, 2009, whenever, maybe even earlier than that, damn. But, um, that, the use of that song at that moment in the funeral was perfect. It was perfect. It was just absolutely perfect. Um, Look, stay tuned for this in the top five coming up in a little bit. You'll you'll see where it lands, but um, I just really loved it. I love Ted being there for Rebecca. I loved everyone being there for Rebecca at her time of need. The whole Richmond team showed up to the funeral, including Danny Rojas, and he couldn't even wear the. He hated those dress shoes. He hated those dress shoes, and yet he still showed up to the funeral. Uh, uh, I just love the love that this team has for Rebecca and that this team has for Ted and it's just they would do anything for each other and they were all there for her at that moment and just bravo, um, bravo, 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 bravo. Now, to wrap up this episode, uh, a couple things here. Um, one, um, after the funeral... Uh, Rupert comes up to Rebecca and says, I want to give you the shares that I gave, that I gave Bex of AFC Richmond. We don't have time for football anymore. We have a child. We're too focused on that. We do not have time to watch football anymore. So we would like you to have these shares of AFC Richmond for free. All right. That raises an eyebrow or two, I would say. Then as Rupert is leaving, he whispers something in Nate's ear. Now, I have a theory on this, folks. And bear with me for this for a minute here. This is what I really think is going to happen in the season finale. Now, we have a lot of thoughts on Nate when it comes to the next episode as well. But Nate has been pretty disgruntled all season. Not, not only disgruntled, he's been an ass. He's been a jerk. He, he's been, Nate has not been a fun... The fun... Lovable character that Nate is, is dead to me, honestly. Nate is not fun anymore. He's a jerk now. And I think Rupert probably knows that he's fed up with Richmond. He's fed up with Ted Lasso. He's fed up with all this shit. So what I think Rupert is doing here is Rupert is buying another club. That's why he gave the shares back for free. There's no conflict of interest or anything like that. And he told Nate, if I do this, not if I do this, I am doing this. I am buying another club. And I, would, I have a job for you if you, 
if you want it at this club. That's what I think is going to happen. I, I really think there's going to be a big showdown in the season finale. She's, he is clearly, to me, buying another club. Because Rupert is evil. He, like, he, may, he may seem nice. You know, he may be putting up this facade right now. This facade of niceness. Um, but he is still Rupert. We saw how much of a jerk he was in season one. Are you expect me to believe that guy changed that much? Really? 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 Rupert's buying another club. And he's going to hire Nate. You, you Mark my words. Mark my words. That is a Brian Brennan guarantee. That, that is what's going to happen. Something like that is going to happen in the season finale this week. That, you, you have my word. I have zero, zero doubts about that. Also, after the funeral... Uh, a couple, a couple things here. A couple things here, but we'll start with the biggest one. Uh, Jamie Tart comes up to Keeley and says, "I didn't come back to Richmond just to get away from my dad. I came back to Richmond to be with you, or because yeah, because he misses Keeley, and he tells Keeley he loves her. Not cool, Jamie Tart." We watched your character develop all season from, uh, as Roy Kent called him, the prince prick of all pricks, into a team player, a, a team guy, somebody who's not me first, somebody who's not selfish, somebody who's not a, a prick, and now this is what you do? You're trying to break up Roy and Keeley, one of the best television couples of all time you slimy piece of shit no 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 i will not have any of that none of that none of that i know there was tension between roy and keely at the start of this episode because of the funeral but i do not want jamie tart interfering here i want nothing to do with jamie tart interfering here thank right after that roy comes up to keely and says i'm sorry i acted like a dick this whole, basically, I'm sorry I acted like a dick all day. You know, I, I, funerals make me uncomfortable and I don't know how to react. I, I love you and I'm sorry. Which I thought was really nice. And he hugs Keely and I just thought that was really, really nice. And I just love Roy and Keely, man. I have, obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about what happens in the next episode, too. But I just feel like they're perfect for each other. They're just meant to be. Some things are meant to be. Look, you, I. If love is meant to be, it's meant to be. And I personally believe that Roy and Keeley are meant to be together for each other. So hopefully they stick together. I, I, I will talk about what happens in the next episode too. But I, I love Roy and Keeley so much and just wish they'd stay together forever. And finally in this episode, um, Sam and Rebecca break things off. First off, Sam has a great line uh, when, when Rebecca breaks it off. She, he says, uh, he says, Sam, you're, you're wonderful, but and Sam says, oh no, I hate big butts and I cannot lie. Ah, I love that. Ah, that's a cute little Sam Obasanya line. Um, they break things off for the time being. And, um, I think that's the right call. Um, as much as I, I like, you know, as, as cute as they are together and they are, let's be honest, pretty cute together. Um, I think that um, it's for the best. She owns the team. She, he's one of her players. 
How, how is it possibly going to work like that? How is it possibly going to work? I, I just don't see it, honestly. Um, so, happy that they decided to break it off, but I don't think it's over just quite yet. Um, and finally, I just want to say my last thought on this episode before we move into uh, the next episode, Last Train to Royston, uh, is that I really want Ted and Sassy to end up together. You can tell they have great chemistry. They've already slept together one time. I, I think it would be good for the TV show. I Maybe not this season. They seem to have moved past it by the next episode. But people always ask, well, is Ted going to end up with Rebecca? Is Ted going to end up with Dr. Fieldstone? I think it's Ted and Sassy, folks. They just seem like they have great chemistry. You know, she, He calls her Sassy Smurf. She calls him Marlboro Man. They have cute names for each other. I thought they just are really a lovely pairing, personally. And um, I would love it if Ted and Sassy ended up together. Uh, you could tell Keely wanted it, too. You know, she was like, Sassy and Ted sitting in a tree. You know, and I just thought that, um, I think any... I don't know why so many people are hung up on the idea of Ted and Rebecca, personally. I, I don't get that idea at all. I, I, why? Why? Why would you want Ted and Rebecca together? Why? Nobody wants that. Like, They have a great relationship as friends. I already talked about it in this episode. Ted is there for Rebecca whenever she needs it. And that is big. You need friends like that. Not every, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to put this bluntly, but you don't need to sleep with every woman you, you meet, honestly. You can be friends with women, too. And Ted and Rebecca can be friends. They can absolutely be friends. And um, uh, I hope it's Ted and Sassy. I really do. I, I just think they, um, they just seem to have that, mm, that chemistry that just works. Really well. So I think we might be done with the Ted and Sassy experiment for this season. However, that being said, I would not be surprised if they revisit it uh, in the third season. So that is um, your basic recap and my thoughts on uh, No Weddings and a Funeral. I thought it was a really brilliant episode. Um, Yes, I know it was a giant Rickroll. I saw some people love and hate that at the same time. But... um, you know, one person who absolutely loved it is Rick Astley, the, the person who actually did Never Gonna Give You Up. He posted a video to Twitter saying, you know, congr- bravo, Ted Lasso, you guys crushed that. Um, so that was really cool to see. Um, I love this episode, guys. Uh, I, I love that Rebecca was able to repair her relationship with her mother at the end of the episode as well. There's a lot happening here, but um, it was really, really an enjoyable episode. I I thought this was one of the best of the season so far, one of the best episodes of the show so far. And with that being said, let's move into our recap of uh, episode 11, Last Train to Royston. All right, it's time for a recap of the last episode, Last Train to Royston, uh, episode 11. Uh, there's a lot happening in this episode, too. Okay, so I, if I forget anything, I'm sorry. And also, I would like to point out that I have only watched this episode twice, which is low for me. I usually watch most episodes four or five times. 
because I was at the wedding this weekend, I was only able to watch this episode twice. So if I miss anything on Last Train to Royston, I apologize. Um, but this is a basic recap and my thoughts on the last episode. Uh, Sam Obasanya is pretty much riding high. He just scored his first career hat trick at the start of the episode. Um, even Rebecca texts him and says congratulations, even though they're on a bit of a break at that point. Um, I, I, Sam is riding high. And so Higgins comes in and says to, to Rebecca that there's a Ghanaian billionaire by the name of uh, Edwin Akufu. That's his name. Edwin Akufu, who wants to talk to Rebecca. And everybody thinks he's buying the club, uh, which you know is which would make sense, right? Billionaire comes to talk to the owner of a football club. That would make sense that he is interested in purchasing the club. Uh, it turns out that that is not what he wants at all. It turns out that he is starting... So, well, he can't. He says he doesn't own a team just yet. Uh, he talks about it a little bit later in the episode with Sam. But he says he can't really talk about it just yet. But he wants to buy Sam Obasanya and bring him back to a team closer, closer to him in Africa, in Morocco. Uh, Rebecca uh, Keeley, of course, almost spills the beans on Sam and Rebecca right away. She's like, but Rebecca loves Sam. And Ted quickly recovers and is like, oh yeah, we all love Sam. I wish we had... He's like, and of course, Ted gives his usual, like, you know, I wish we had, you know, usual cute little lines, like, I wish we had two Sams. Hey, how's that human cloning working out, by the way? Um... Usual Ted Lasso charm right there. Um, so Sam and Edward DeCufo spend pretty much the whole episode just hanging out. Um, he takes it, Sam to a museum, and um, set, and you know, and it, the museum is incredible. They look at like a- actual like African artwork, and what's even more impressive is that Mr. Akufu actually rented out the museum and hired actors, which I mean. Geez, how much money does this guy have? And um, he claims that like, and it wasn't the real Banksy. I mean, I haven't seen Banksy's face, but I, that can't have been the real Banksy. He claims that Banksy's there. I, I, I don't know how, um, how I feel about that. Uh, but uh, that was a little shady to me, that part. Uh, he rents out a restaurant for Sam. Um, and then he tells him about his plan. He says, I'm, I'm buying a team in uh, Morocco. Um, Raja Casablanca is the name of the team. I am not sure if they're a real team or not, but he mentions that he is buying the club and he plans on turning them into one of, if not the biggest clubs in the world. He makes promises that an African team will win the World Cup in 20 years, is what he says. An African team will win the World Cup, and he wants Sam to be a part of basically helping to change African football. He says, you helped change the world with your, Dubai, with your Dubai Air protests. And now we want you to bring it home. And he gives Sam 72 hours to think about this offer. This is the first cliffhanger we have going into the season finale. Um, personally, my thoughts on the Sam thing. Look, if I were Sam, I would take the offer. I, as tough as it is for me to say that, if I were Sam, I would take that offer. I would, um, I, the idea of going home sounds really tempting to me. They are probably offering him more money 
than AFC Richmond could in any lifetime, honestly. They are going to make Sam Obasanya extremely rich. If I were Sam, I would seriously consider that offer, and I probably would take it. Now, I, I would like to say from a personal level, like let, let, me, let me use an example here. Like I'm from New York. So and I live, but I live in Washington D.C. I love Washington D.C. I love living here. I lo- I've loved living here for the last four years. I hope to live here for a very long time. However, if some billionaire came up to me and said, "We can offer you a job at home where you can be closer to your family and you can make millions of dollars and you wouldn't have to, you wouldn't have to, you'd live like a king for the rest of your days." I'd pretty, I, I'd fucking consider that offer, honestly. I, 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 that's a pretty damn good offer right there. Now, the one thing I will say about uh, Akufu, who I thought um, was really, I was a really interesting character. I was glad he was introduced this episode. Um, he, uh, he comes across very nice. He comes across as a bit of an odd fellow. Uh, he says to Ted, "I don't shake hands," so he has his like bodyguard shake his hand. But when when he meets Sam. He shakes Sam's hand, no problem. Um, another um, another funny scene is when, when they're at the museum and he introduces him to the quote-unquote Banksy. And he, uh, Edwin Akufu says to the, both of them, congratulations, you both just met a cool person. Call back to episode three of season one when Ted says, congratulations, you just met a cool person to Ollie and Trent Krim, the Independent. More on him in a second. But um, I, um, if I were Sam... I would consider that offer. If somebody offered me something like that, it was something. It would be something I would take very seriously. Sam seemed excited by the news. Rebecca straight up says to him at the end of the episode, "I can't tell you what to do about whether to take this offer." And for us, I don't know what to make of us right now either as a couple. But do what's in your heart. And if I were Sam, I would very seriously consider taking that offer. It would be tough for Sam to leave AFC Richmond, uh, a place that he loves very much, a place that loves him very much. We all love Sam, guys. Who doesn't love Sam? Sam is a great character. We've watched Sam grow. We've watched Sam grow so much over these last two seasons. If he were to leave Richmond, that would be tough. That would be really difficult. But um, do what's best in your heart, Sam. Like You know what? Nobody's gonna judge you if you if you want to go you want to go back to your home country or or to to, to Morocco. He's he's from Nigeria. It's in Morocco. Just let me get that right there. Um, if you want to go to Morocco, do what's best for you. If you believe this Edwin Akufo, um, go right ahead. But I don't know if I do believe Edwin Akufo. That's the thing. He seems like a little bit of a shady character to me. I I don't know. I don't know if this billionaire just showed up one day and randomly asked to buy one of my players without really officially even owning a club yet, mind you. Something a little shady about that. Unfortunately, Sam only has 72 hours to decide, so we will see what decision he makes uh, in the next episode. Um, Now, Dr. Fieldstone is leaving, which is sad. Um, I really like Dr. Fieldstone. Uh, I thought she was a great addition to the cast this season. Uh, Sarah Niles, I thought, did a, a tremendous job playing her. Um, the team was planning a going-away party for her, and um, they did. 
Oh my god, what a scene that was at the beginning of the episode where um, they're doing the uh, the bye 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 dance, the in sync dance. Oh man, and uh, they nail it uh, when when Ted leaves. Ted leaves to go meet with Rebecca, and um, Coach Beer leads the dance, and they nail it, and all the players start celebrating. I love that scene. That is one of the one of my favorite like happy scenes of the season because you could tell it was. All improvised. You can tell they all none of like they were all taught really well how to do the dance. You can tell how good these actors are, guys. How good is the cast and crew on this show that they all learned how to do that dance perfectly in sync like that? See what I did there? Yeah, it's just like I love that, and I love their celebration when they nail it as well. Unfortunately, Doctor Fieldstone has to leave early, so Ted. Doesn't get to give a formal goodbye. Is concerned he won't get to give a formal goodbye to her. Um, but uh, he leaves her a letter. Dr. Fieldstone leaves Ted a letter. And at first, um, he, Ted says, um, I don't want to read the letter. Forget that. I have no interest in reading the letter. And uh, Higgins, in another callback to season one, says to Ted, don't let her get, don't let her get away with it, Ted. And um, he run, he grabs the letter and he runs to Dr. Fieldstone's house. Uh, he's able to catch Dr. Fieldstone. And uh, he's like, he's like, she's like, why, he's like, why are you leaving now? We, like, we had this big surprise for you plan. Like, why, why are you leaving now? And he's like, he's like, I don't want to read your stupid letter. Why, why can't you just say it to me, to my face? And she's like, she just basically said, read the letter. Everything I want to say to you is in this letter. And so Ted... He's like, eventually, he's like, fine, I'll read your stupid letter. And um, he opens it up, and you can see the emotion in his face. This is another really powerful scene, in my opinion. Uh, kind of similar to the, the simultaneous um, Ted-Rebecca uh, scene from the last episode that we talked about, No Weddings and a Funeral. This is a really powerful scene, in my opinion, where Ted is reading the letter, and you can see the emotion in his face. You can see what everything Dr. Sharon says to him means to him. And um, he's really touched by it. Uh, the two go out for drinks. And um, just because her, she says her train's not till midnight, so they have a little bit of time. They play some video games together. They have a lovely time together. And Ted pulls a Dr. Fieldstone on her. Um, he uh, says, I'll be right back. And... Um, he leaves uh, the bartender at, at the Crown and Anchor May um, a note for Dr. Fieldstone that says goodbye and uh, drops a little army man in her beer. And you'll remember the army man from season one, too. Remember, he gave it to Sam and, um, and to other people as well in season one and how, what it represents, you know, to be a soldier, basically. And um, a lovely callback. And I'm going to miss Dr. Fieldstone. Uh, I really am. Uh, I think she was a great addition to this cast this season. Um, I really love... I, she's That actress, Sarah Niles, wow, she is great. She's really talented. And um, I'm really impressed with her. Um, this is an emotional, difficult role uh, to play a therapist on any show. I mean, we saw with The Sopranos... Uh, how how important uh, therapy is in that show as well, and now we're seeing it in Ted Lasso as well. Uh, 
Dr. Sharon is a wonderful character. I thought she was a great addition. I'm glad that eventually you could tell, you know, Ted originally didn't want to go to therapy. And Dr. Fieldstone was eventually like, you know, this guy is a wanker, basically. This guy is a clown. Like, how am I going to get through this guy? He annoys the crap out of me. But after she has that accident in Man City, their relationship changes for the better. And you can tell they're really good friends. Again, similar to Ted and Rebecca, which is what we talked about in the last episode. I don't think they should end up together, you know, as a couple or anything like that. I just think they're just really good friends. And um, hopefully we haven't seen the last of Dr. Fieldstone. But you can tell she had an incredible, incredible impact. Uh, on Ted. Now, finally, the Roy and Keeley story from this episode. Uh, Keeley is um, being profiled for a magazine. Uh, it's different from any magazine shoot she's ever done before. Uh, obviously, Keeley used to be more of a model. Now she's more of a boss ass bitch, as we would call it. And um, they're profiling her new business, uh, her new business career, basically, uh, for. Uh, for this magazine and so uh, Nate um, you know tired of being picked on for wearing the same damn suit that Ted gave him forgot to mention that from the funeral episode as well Jan Moss picked on him a little bit for wearing the suit from the the that Nate that Ted gave him in the season one uh, Nate goes with Keeley to get a new suit um, Nate looks pretty good in the suits admittedly and um while Keeley is adjusting Nate's tie, Nate tries to kiss Keeley. Really, bro? Really? Really? And Keeley's like, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. She's trying to like she's trying to calm Nate down, basically, and say, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And Nate goes back to the back room. And spits in his spits in the mirror, and he's he's emotional. You can tell he's he's crying. He's like, "Why the hell did I do that?" And um, that just sets the table for what happens at the end of the episode. Um, I I could kind of see it coming, honestly, when Keeley was adjusting the tie like that. Uh, that it looked like Nate had something in his eye. Honestly, like he was looked like he just had that that mean look in his eye that he was going to do something really messed up. Um, but uh, why are you doing that, Nate? This is why we hate you. This is why we've had enough of you and your bullshit, Nate. We like, come on trying to kiss Keely right now, especially after last week when Jamie already said he loved her. So she's already emotionally vulnerable enough as it is. Okay. What? Well, come on. C- come on. Alright, alright. Come on, Nate. That was not cool. That was not cool. And that sets the table for what happens at the end of the episode, which we'll get to in just a second. Uh, but Roy gets kind of caught up at um, uh, Phoebe's art show um, for the school. Um, Phoebe, of course, uh, his niece um, that he just loves to death. Uh, Roy and Roy and Phoebe's relationship is just the best. I love Roy and Phoebe. Um, fortunately, no Phoebe in this episode, but we did get a lot of Miss Bowen, her teacher. Um, Phoebe's artwork apparently can't be sketched or it can't be shown in the art show because 
She's drawing tits. Okay, I'll just I'll just put it like that. She's drawing breasts. She's 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 drawing Brett. I don't know why. I don't know where they came up with that idea, um, but she's drawing breasts. And so um, her work can't be hung in the art gallery. But Roy helps Miss Bowen set it up. And there's an interesting scene where, which I think, which I think um, we'll come back to in the next episode as well. Uh, where Miss Bowen asks Roy, are you married? And Roy says, no. Which is true. Admittedly, he's not married. But you have a girlfriend. Did you forget about Keely, dude? Say, no, but I have a girlfriend that I love. Say something like that, Roy Kent. Come on, man. Come on. Eventually, Roy leaves the art show and leaves helping um, Miss Bowen and um, goes to, F- to Keely and Keely's still extremely nervous about this shoot because like she said, you know, most, most of the time they're just, they're looking, it's a fashion show. Like she's, she wants to be seen for fashion, but this time they're actually asking her about her business and they'll get to know the real her. And Roy in a really reassuring moment straight up says to Keely, the real you is fucking amazing. If they're going to get to know the real you, they're going to get to know somebody who's really special and really awesome. And um, I love that moment. I felt like all was right in the world with Roy and Keeley until they're doing the actual shoot. And Keeley says to Roy, while I was helping Nate look for a suit earlier today, he tried to kiss me. And she, they kind of laugh it off a little bit. And then uh, Roy says, all right, well, I helped Phoebe's teacher, Miss Bowen, for three hours earlier today. And then there's a really long, uncomfortable stare. They're staring at each other. There's a long, uncomfortable pause. And And Keely says to Roy, at the funeral, Jamie still told me he loved her. And that is the last line Roy Keeley says the entire episode. Leaving us with a big cliffhanger for the final episode. So what happens with Roy and Keeley? Is Roy going to kill Jamie? Is Roy going to kill Nate? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. But as I said in the last episode recap, Roy and Keeley are my favorite TV couple. I love them. I love them together. I love them together. And I hope they stay together for a really long time. I hope they get married. I hope they have kids. I just want what's best for Roy and Keeley. And I do not want Jamie Tart coming back in. I definitely don't want Nate playing a role in this at all. So, I hope they sort it out. Uh, I am glad that I was sitting there. To, and I, funny story, by the way, guys. This episode, I watched in the bathroom of the bed and breakfast I was staying at with Pat Honan over the weekend. I didn't want to wake him up. It was midnight. He was sleeping. I, did, I knew I was going to make some noises <laughs> while I was watching this episode. So I sat in the bathroom of a bed and breakfast and watched this episode on the floor. And um, when... When there was the really long pause before Keeley told Roy about um, about um, Jamie saying he loved her, uh, I was like, 
Tell him, 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 tell him. And she did. So, we will see how that plays out in the last episode of the season. Like I said, I hope it works out for Roy and Keeley. They are my favorite. I love them. I want them to end up together and be together for the rest of time. So, come on, Roy and Keeley. We're rooting for you. We're rooting for you. And screw you, Jamie Tartan Nate. Speaking of uh, screw you, Nate, the episode ends. Ted Lasso's back at his apartment after grabbing drinks with Dr. Fieldstone. And he gets a a text from Trent Krim of The Independent. And Trent Krim says, Hello, Coach Lasso. It's Trent Krim from The Independent. I just want to let you know that this is going to come out tomorrow in the print edition. And it says... Coach Lasso had panic attack, and that's why Coach Lasso had panic attack and left Spurs game early. And in what I think is a really incredible scene, Trent Krim says to Ted, um, "I had to write that as a journalist. However, I respect you, so I want you to know that my source was Nate." And that's how the episode ends. Wow. Nate, 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 you scumbag! You asshole! How dare you sell out Ted Lasso like that? How dare you! You asshole! I knew there was a reason they were showing um, the picture that Nate signed of Ted La- for Ted Lasso in the previous episode, saying, you know, thank you for all that you've done for me. I knew that it was going to come back. Nate, how can you do this to your coach? After all he's done for you, how can you possibly do that to Ted Lasso? Now, here's what I think is going to happen. Here are a couple things that I think are going to happen in the season finale. I'm going to start with the Nate and Ted Lasso situation. I think Richmond are going to get promoted back to the Premier League uh, for a couple reasons. One... I think it would be a great storybook ending. Uh, they're one win away from getting back to the promotion, according to the beginning of this episode. They just need one more win to get re-promoted back to the Premier League. Uh, two, it's already been spoiled for all of us because they released an article, some stupid newspaper in England released an article saying that Ted Lasso acquired all the rights to the English Premier League logos and jerseys for next season. So they wouldn't do that if they weren't going back to the Premier League. So, I think Ted Lass, I think Richmond's going to get promoted, for sure. Uh, that, that almost seems like a stone-cold lock at this point. Uh, if that doesn't happen, I'll be shocked. Uh, but, what I think is going to happen, you know, you, you know how much this show loves to reference movies, and how much this show loves to reference, you know, uh, things like popular culture, and iconic moments in film and TV. And uh, what I think is going to happen... Is Ted? This is going to happen at the begin, closer to the beginning of the episode than the end. They're going to be celebrating. They've just won promotion back to the Premier League, and Nate's going to come up to Ted and straight up say, and, and Nate's going to come up to Ted and try and try and hug him and celebrate with him. And Ted's going to, they're going to have a Godfather Two moment. You know, I knew it was you, Fredo. I knew what it was. I knew it was you, and you broke my heart. Ted's going to say something like that to Nate. I knew it was you, Nate. 
I knew it was you, and you broke my heart. And t Nate is going to leave Richmond, like I said. He, I think he's gone. I think he's going to go to whichever club Rupert buys, um, and he's going to be the coach there, uh, which is going to set up things. It's going to be interesting for season three. I think we're going to have a rivalry between that club. I think it's going to be Richmond's rival club, whoever that may be. We haven't really established a rival for Richmond in the two seasons that this show has been on the air so far. Um, whoever Richmond's rival club may be, I think Rupert is going to buy them, and I think he's going to name Nate the head coach. That That's how I see it happening. And um, as far as um, Sam, going back to Sam, uh, like I said, if I were him, I would seriously consider the offer. Um, but... I know he's deeply tied to Richmond. I know how much he loves Richmond. I know how much he loves Rebecca. So, I would not be surprised if Sam stays. Uh, for the good of the TV show, I hope Sam does stay. But not every character stays on every show forever. So, I, I, I would not be surprised if there's a little bit of turnover going into the next season. As far as... Excuse me. As far as Roy and Keeley, I think we're set up for a proposal. I think um, I think Roy and Keeley are going to talk it out as best they can. Um, I, as far as confronting Jamie, I don't know if that's going to happen. I bet it does, but um, I, I, if I had to put money on it, I would say Roy is going to confront Jamie at some point. But I think we're going to have a proposal. I think I think she's going to. I think he's going to propose to her at the, in the next episode. Um, just just. Based off of you know what I've been thinking, um, I think there's a proposal in store for Roy and Keeley. Um, these are just some thoughts that I have. A couple other things that um, I've also been thinking about is that uh, and that I've seen in various Ted Lasso forms. Uh, as you know, I'm a member of a lot of Ted Lasso forms. Uh, one other thing I've been thinking about is uh, Coach Beard. Uh, is he disgruntled at Richmond? Is he happy at Richmond? Will he stay at Richmond? Um, he didn't seem too happy after the Man City lost, as we all know. So, is he going to stay at Richmond? I, I, I know we had the Coach Beard episode. That didn't really answer a lot of questions. You know, you know that, that didn't really answer a whole lot of questions. But um, I will be interested to see where they go with that. And uh, also... Let's see, is there anything else I need to add? Um, mm, trying to think. Um, from this episode, I just don't know if I trust Edwin Akufu, honestly. Um, I don't know if I, I believe everything he says. I can see why Sam would be convinced that he um, is like the perfect, you know, this is like the perfect guy for him to go play for. But come on, he doesn't even own a team yet. All right? Richmond is real. Like, Richmond is... Uh, well, they're not real. But they're... In, in the Ted Lasso universe, they are real. This club has not even... Is not even, like, off the ground yet. So, you really want to leave Richmond, especially when with them getting promoted right back to the Premier League, uh, it appears. So, I, I don't know. If I were Sam, I, I, I think Sam's going to stay. Personally, I would consider the offer, but I think Sam's going to stay. 
Uh, all right, so that is just a, a you know, I, I know I always go along with my podcasts, but that is the recap of the last two episodes. Uh, no weddings and a funeral on Last Train to Royston. Uh, this last episode is going to be absolutely insane. Um, it was written by Jason Sudeikis, so that tells you all you need to know right there. That is a big deal that Ted Lasso himself wrote this episode. That means it's going to be phenomenal. It is also 49 minutes long. It is the longest episode so far in the history of Ted Lasso. It is going to be amazing. I cannot wait for midnight. Friday Friday morning, technically, I guess it will be. It's going to be really fun, guys. This is a hell of a week between the wild card game tonight, Ted Lasso, uh, Friday night. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to um, the rest of this week. Um, all right, I, I'll very quickly give you my top five uh, musical moments on the history of the show. Um, it's a very quick little list. Uh, I mean, like, just song use in general on the show. Um, but that's coming up next on the Hope That Kills You podcast. Alright, so these are my top five favorite music moments on the show. Just basically any time I thought music was used perfectly on the show, which a lot of the time it is, personally. Um, I, I think this show does a great job. I, I, like I said at the, the intro, this show is an Apple show, so Apple has the rights to pretty much every song under the sun. So uh, these are some of the best music moments, I think, on the show. Um, first off, number five is the use of, uh, not the original um, Rodgers and Hammerstein version or the Jerry and the Pacemakers version that's, of course, famous for being the Liverpool song, uh, but I thought the use of Marcus Mumford, who is the musical director for this show, um, I thought his use of uh, You'll Never Walk Alone in uh, The Hope That Kills You was really nice, especially at the exact time that it was used. Um, it, uh, timing has a lot to do with this list as well. A lot of songs I thought were used perfectly, uh, perfectly timed on this show, and this was one of them. Um, Richmond had just been relegated. You saw Jamie Tart's dad yelling at him, being the dick that we found out he was even more so later in season two. Um, I, this song, you know, it's a song about not being alone. And you could tell Jamie was not alone in that moment because Ted gave him the army man and said, nice job making the extra pass. Um, You could tell nobody on Richmond was alone. Even though they had just been relegated, they still had each other. And that they were still brothers and a family. And it was just real. I think Mumford's version of this song I think is really good. Um, as much as I love the Jerry and the Pacemakers version, um, I am not a Liverpool fan, but I, I think it's a really, really good version of the song. Um, and even though they were playing Man City and not Liverpool, uh, and of course Richmond's in London, I still think this was really a really good use of a really wonderful song. Uh, so that is number five on my top five Ted Lasso musical moments list. Uh, number four is the use of Strange by Celeste in uh, at the end of Make Rebecca Great Again. Um, beautiful, beautiful song. And uh, I think um, 
the symbolism behind it, the lyrics, you know, isn't it strange how people will change from strangers to friends, friends into lovers, to strangers again, right as Ted's meeting, Ted's getting together with Sassy for the first time, Roy and Keeley just had their first kiss as a, as a couple, basically, um, it's been an emotional night for everyone. Ted just signed his divorce papers um, right before that. And um, you can tell he's really emotional. And the use of this song, I thought, was just really good. And um, I don't think they could have chosen a better song for that moment. I, You guys have heard me say, I think Make Rebecca Great Again is an iconic episode. I think it's, without a doubt, one of the best episodes of any television show ever. And I thought the use of this song um, would just, just added to it and made it even better. And it's just a lovely song. And um, I, I think it set the tone for the rest of season one when it was used at the end of Make Rebecca Great Again. So Strange by Celeste uh, being used in the, the end of Make Rebecca Great Again season one. It's my number four. Four, music moment on Ted Lasso. Number three is also from Make Rebecca Great Again. And that is when Rebecca herself sang Let It Go. It's a symbolic moment. It shows her reuniting with Sassy, becoming friends again, and letting go of her emotions, her past. Letting go of Rupert. She's like she had been dragged down by Rupert for the better half of season one. And this episode... She finally lets go. She lets it loose. She lets it go. Now, I hate Frozen, personally. I think Frozen is a bunch of crap. But I still think that this song was used perfectly. I have nothing wrong with Let It Go, really. I just think the movie Frozen is kind of whack. But um, I think uh, Rebecca singing this was great. I even, uh, my sister Elizabeth has been watching Ted Lasso for the first time. And she... She straight up said uh, she could not believe how well Hannah sang. And, man, Hannah Waddingham has a beautiful voice. Uh, you, you can tell she, she comes from the West End, the West End Theater uh, District in London. And just absolutely crushed it with her karaoke rendition. It was, you know, most karaoke renditions of songs suck, let's be honest. No offense to Sam Obasanya, but there's a reason your version of Wonderwall's not on this list, my man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, I thought that that was a symbolic moment. Um, everything changed after that. Ted has his panic attack. Rebecca goes and comforts him. Their relationship is never the same after this moment. I, I, and I, I just love the, how Let It Go was used in Make Rebecca Great Again. So that is number three. On my top five Ted Lasso music moments list. Uh, Number two and one are both from more recent episodes. Uh, Number two is uh, the use of She's a Rainbow in the episode Rainbow. Um, First off, you know, it's Higgins' ringtone for his wife, which is really cute, I think. Uh, I really love that Higgins has that, that this wonderful song and has a really great backstory about how it's their song. Um... I, I really enjoyed that, but then I didn't even really even think of much of it at the time, but the fact that they they used it for Roy Kent's magical return to the Richmond sidelines to become a coach as he's darting through London from the studio, you know, 
on a hell on, on a on a taxi cab and a rickshaw and he's he's fixing his knee he can't get a ticket and all throughout this this crazy ride he there's this song she's a rainbow by the rolling stones playing in the background and not only is it playing in the background for that moment but when um, Higgins and his wife meet to start the to, for the for the game. It comes in right at the line. Have you seen her dressed in blue? And Higgins' wife, of course, is wearing blue, which symbolic, beautiful. I love that. I, I totally approve of that strongly. And um, I just this song. Look, I love this song, man. I love this song. We even played it at the wedding on Saturday night. Uh, and some people even when I when I when I when it came on, I instantly started screaming, Ted Lasso! Ted Lasso! Ted Lasso! And and other people knew. Other people knew. So um it's a beautiful song. And uh I'm glad it's come back into our lives because of Ted Lasso. Uh I I'm really glad to have She's a Rainbow by the Rolling Stones back in my life because it's a lovely song and um thankful for uh for ted lasso to reintroduce this song back into our life and i'll never think of roy i'll never think of it without the same way without thinking about roy kent honestly darting through the streets of london to get back to richmond to get back to nelson road to rejoin his team and reassume his rightful place on the richmond sidelines as a coach and finally number one on my list is just from an episode we talked about uh, in this episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast, uh, and that would be uh, the use of never going to give you up. Um, I mentioned it. I really can't expand any more than what I've already said this episode about this moment, but with Rebecca uh, sing and the, everyone singing it at the funeral was just amazing, uh, emotional, um, used perfectly. Uh, I thought, and you know, I, I, I talked about it, but you know, it felt like a giant Rickroll, and it was basically a giant Rickroll, but still, I, I enjoyed it. You know, guy, I just really thought this was a, probably the most perfect use of any song on the show so far. So, um, I've already talked a lot about it. Um, Rick Astley, like I said, he posted a Twitter basically thanking Ted Lasso for using his song. Um, and it, I thought it was just used perfectly. So, Ted, Ted Lasso rickrolling us is the number one music moment in the history of the show so far. Uh, could be topped anytime because, like I said, they use music really well on the show. I think they do a great job with the music on this show. And um, keep it up. Like, keep it up. Give, give us more music. Some other great musical moments as well. Uh, I, I even I go back to the first scene of the entire show when god save the queen by the sex pistols was used i mean i think that's a perfect song to use to start a show like this um i just i'm trying to think of you know award tour by a tribe called quest has been used um plenty it's just uh even oh i got a good one for you even i don't know how this missed my top five honestly but same episode as uh, She's a Rainbow, uh, L-O-V-E by Nat King Cole um, was used perfectly uh, in a wonderful Harry When Harry Met Sally tribute, I thought, as well, uh, with the older couple, um, the couple from the banquet that was at the banquet uh, in season one as well. So um, 
yeah, those are my top five music moments in the history of Ted Lasso, but as always, the list is subject to change as long as we continue on with the show. So uh, we're just going to wrap up this episode in just a second, so stay tuned for that, folks, on the Hope That Kills You podcast. All right, before we wrap up this episode, I have to correct something I did in the first episode of this podcast. Uh, I have to correct a mistake I made. Um, I don't know why I got Roy Keane and Robbie Keane mixed up, uh, but I meant to say I meant to say Roy Kent is based off of Roy Keane, and um, Roy Keane. I said he played for Tottenham, which is simply not true. That is a simple falsehood and a big mistake on my part. He mostly played for Manchester United and, of course, the Republic of Ireland national team where he um, was famously kicked off the team in 2002, if I'm not mistaken. I'm sure my dad will have the whole story on that. But um, I, have to, I had to correct that mistake from the first episode because it made me look like an idiot. And I'm not an idiot. I, I, know my, I know my stuff when it comes to soccer, so I just misspoke. So I just wanted to correct my mistake from that episode. Uh, Upon further review with Brian, Brennan will come out later this week. I'm thinking maybe Thursday would be a good day to drop the episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, again, I'm hoping to expand this podcast a little bit more. Um, i probably do an episode next week to recap the season finale. Uh, and then I'm going to probably try and integrate some guests into the show as well. I'm thinking about doing a couple rewatches because, you know, I can rewatch Ted Lasso any day of the week. Uh, season one and two, honestly. My plan, honestly, for Friday night is uh, I'm going to watch the episode when it drops at midnight, but I actually don't have any work on Friday. I have the whole day off on Friday. Um, So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a marathon of season two on Friday and just watch the whole thing uh, from start to finish again. So I'll I'll probably do a a, complete rewatch and uh, I'll let you know what I think about everything as usual. Uh, but I hope you enjoy this recap of the last two episodes. Uh, I hope you're ready for the season finale. I hope you enjoyed the top five. Um, there is a lot to sort out, my friends. We have a lot to figure out in these next couple of days. So um, I can't wait to see where this show goes. So stay tuned for all of it. And uh, that pretty much does it, folks. Uh, thank you for listening to today's episode of the Hope That Kills You podcast. I'll talk to you next time.